Connections Radio Show, where we talk about ideas that matter. I'm glad you've made the connection and are joining us today. I'm Lori Fitz, your host. And the goal of our show is to explore a wide range of topics that challenge us to see ourselves, our community, and the world around us in ways that get us thinking, get us wondering, get us talking, get us imagining, get us connected, and perhaps inspired or challenged to do just a bit more because we've made the connection. Are you looking for a good book that takes you on an adventure, a page-turner? Are you looking for something for the holidays to give to a good friend that you know loves books? Well, The Dark Side of the Sun is written by a Minnesota author, and I highly recommend it. And today we have Michael Dardis, the author. Welcome, Michael. Thank you, Laurie. appreciate this. And we have Angela Weekman, who is from AMW Editing. Yes. And you were strongly part of the whole process of bringing that book to life. Oh, yes. It was a journey and an adventure in and of itself. Uh, well, I want to give a little background to folks about this historical fiction. Uh, during the course of two wars, brave people fight through the darkness to discover that where there is hope and courage, there's also honor and love. Living in Detroit during the Great Depression, the Schmidt family struggles to maintain loyalty to their adopted country while being drawn to the seductive shadow of Nazi Germany. One by one, they are at the center of a top-secret plot that could change the course of World War II. Years later, two young Vietnam veterans, William O'Brien and Susan Johnson, try to find love and build a family while they struggle with the traumas that they both suffered during the war. The stories lead the readers to Michigan, Germany, the battlefields of South Vietnam, Texas, Oklahoma, and here in Minnesota. It's a historical fiction that honors history but takes us on a novel adventure. And today, uh, I am excited to talk about the process of writing. Uh, it took three years, and it was a partnership between the author and the editor. And so often we, we focus on the author but not realize how vital and what kind of partnership the editors play. So we have Michael's editor to talk about how this story was created and how they partnered in creating the story. So, Michael, share with us about this story. Well, the story is about relationships over 40 years. It's not a war novel per se. Although there's some good war novel aspects. <laughs> and, and it's very historically accurate. Yes, it is. There's, it covers a period of 1930 to 1972, and it covers the experiences uh, from the German point of view, both here in this country as well as in Nazi Germany. The Holocaust touches upon that. But it's the families that were involved with this, and there were a number of families that were involved, six families over this period of time, including the one towards the end, uh, which gets into the Vietnam, post-Vietnam era from my own experiences in Vietnam. So I was able to build a lot of that from my own experiences, but also from my own historical knowledge from the University of Minnesota and the fact that I've been studying history for 50 years. And uh, I have a particular, pay particular attention to that, that aspect and I wanna make sure it may, it's maintained accurately. So when <clears> did you <throat> decide that you wanted to partner with an editor? Well, I'm a first time writer. I started writing about five years ago. And uh, although you've been telling stories all your I've life, I've been an, since, since I'm an Irish since I'm an Irishman, I'm used to telling stories. But that also means that I'm a very wordy storyteller, and uh, a good editor is going to look at that. And Angela did a wonderful job dealing with that. Uh, but looking at the process, we went through a Beaver's Pond Press in Edina, and editing was one aspect of it. I had really very little idea as to what that amounted to. Uh, but I have to say that I've been immensely pleased, and this has definitely been a journey that we both, Angela and I, were on uh, that I think came out so much better with an editor being involved, particularly with what Angela did for me on this story. Well, Michael, I'd say – go as far to say that you're an advocate for editors, that you really believe in that process of, of having a deep and powerful relationship with your editor. I think that's correct. Uh, you always have to remember that an author is looking at it from one perspective – and I think Angela's impact uh, was almost immediate on what I was doing because uh, when she read the manuscript, she was able to get inside the story and also became almost like a character speaking back to me as to what the story meant and what 
and she was able to feed that back to me in such a way that gave me confidence to continue with it and also to improve it. And it's a rare thing. I mean, a lot of times you're afraid that somebody's not going to get it, yeah. not going to get the story. It's going to be looked at, and you're going to be criticized for it. And, you know, the authors can be kind of you know, proud and, uh, and vulnerable. Vulnerable. Very yeah. vulnerable. And uh, that's what we're, you know, and I, I think this was a wonderful relationship because of that, because the story is far better now than it was when we first started with it. Angela, when you were asked to look at this and consider editing, what, what, what were your thoughts? Well, in this case, uh, when Beaver's Pun came to me, they said, okay, we have this big, big historical novel. <laughs> and... The author is really looking for somebody to go deep with it. And it's like, well, that's what I do. That is my specialty. I am on board. Uh, in fact, I like having right up front that, that understanding that, okay, you do want this to go deep. This is not just – we're not just putting commas in the right place. Uh, this, is, this is something that is going to affect the entire manuscript on many, many levels. And uh, so it was It was just full steam ahead, I think, from the very beginning. And uh, I can usually tell when, you know, somebody sends me a manuscript and says, check this out, do a little assessment, are you in- interested? You can tell within a single sentence whether this person is a writer. Tell me what that is. It's voice. It's that the way that that first sentence and, and beyond, how, how is it structured? What kind of tone? What kind of feeling? It's very, it's something you can feel um, even more than, than read. And uh, especially for me, I bring a lot of, you know, there's as much logic uh, in reasoning and intuiting and feeling to me for editing. And so uh, it, I always say, I don't care what your book is about. I don't care how long it is. I don't care where it goes. If you have a great voice, I will follow you anywhere. And Well, it's funny that you should say that because when I first read the book, there's like 12 voices. <laughs> there is yes. one voice. This is true. And that's what this was sort true. of surprising as you read through is that you get yes. – I am used to having a voice sort of join me through that the whole book. Yes. And that this is sort of my friend. That yes. I, and then there was a chapter that opened up and I went – I'm meeting someone new here, yes, and they're telling me it's sort of like a a, a whole new book that I'm starting, but it's yes. it it it's it matches what yeah. I'm in some ways, but I'm yeah. only getting hints and guesses because now I'm in a whole new time period and a whole new voice, yes. and I'm discovering something, and I'm not sure what I'm discovering exactly. Exactly. And I think that's the that's the fun because it is the and all through it, it is it is Michael's voice. Mm -hmm. And it's how he's able to use his voice in different ways to create different feelings, to paint different pictures, to drop us into a different world. And it's and uh, let each of the characters tell their story. Oh, yes. Yes, and to give them the, the room for that, you know, this is this is this is a this is a big book with a and it's it's a deep story, and how could I not bring that that depth with the editing to mm-hmm. it? That's that's what it deserves. And how was like the first go round when you brought this big book, <laughs> as they say, at Beaver's Pod? What was that first meeting like for you two? Well, I think initially uh, I was defensive. And until my wife kicked me under the table. <laughs> She's good at that. And uh, she said, you know, you know, wake up, take it easy. And then and fine. Then I started seeing what she was doing. I mean, we had a – the initial issue was we split the – we had a prologue uh, without, an, without an ending, without an epilogue. We split that in half. So the prologue and epilogue basically are the continuation – when you look at a continuation of the same story, the same ending – but they're 400 pages apart. And when I look at that now, uh, it's so obvious why that was necessary. But at the time, I was thinking, well, right out of the block, she's jumping on me. (laughs) Well, it's interesting because it's how to be open to shuffling, you know, and not being so tied to what you think is important, understanding that content and structure are two different things, and that content can be presented through many different structures. And my guess is, is that an editor really understands structure. Yes. And allows 
the freedom of you not having that all on your shoulders to understand what is structure that folks can better relate to the content then. Yes. The bridge. Yes, yes. And I, and I think it's something, too, that um, – you know, Mike says, oh, I was defensive. To me, that's no, that was, like we said earlier in the intro, this is vulnerability, you know, and uh, as an editor, I have to bring a lot of emotional intelligence and just just empathy to say, what would it be like to be on that other side? This is- And the respect. Absolutely. How much work has gone into it already. The respect and to understand, I can't just waltz in here Mm-hmm. And start dictating changes. Well, you better do this. This mm-hmm. is wrong. Mm-hmm. This nobody's going to like this. Yeah. You know that's not. And unfortunately, that's how some editors approach it. It's going to sound like a silly metaphor to relate to, but I train horses. Yes. And a horse that comes in, I work in a round pen, and a horse that comes in defiant and uh, moving around with pride. I actually kind of like. Yes. There's, because yes. It, it, it's a, a, a horse with spirit and yes. knows its heart. Yes. It's just I have to gain its respect. I have to gain knowing this is a safe space. Mm-hmm. I have to gain the relationship to allow it to know that when I ask for things, it's for yeah. both of our best interests. Um, the horse that comes in that's just not there, mm-hmm. but it takes actually longer to work with because there's not the same spirit. And actually, that's it's so perfect because I use the whisperer concept uh, a lot. Horse uh-huh. whispering and author whispering, there's yeah. a <laughs> lot in common. <laughs> yeah. and, and so that you don't get offended or upset when there's that initial defensive. No. It's like, no. oh, there's spirit there. Yes. Oh, there's something there yes. that needs, needs me to connect to. Yes. Well, we've been talking about a wonderful book and a terrific editor. Uh, I do want to encourage everyone to take a look at the book and then reflect back on this process. It's The Dark Side of the Sun, written by Michael Dardis. And to go to his website, why don't you share it with us? Uh, the website is michaeldardis.com. And you can also you know, look at the book on Amazon. And uh, we've got a number of good, uh, a number of five-star reviews on Goodreads and also atascobooks.com. And amwediting.com. Yes. Yes. So stay with us. We'll be back to talk more about editing and how much fun that is. I'm Peter Rackler from the Eastside Freedom Library, and I'd like to tell you about an historic place on Payne Avenue. Brunson's Pub is a place where history and passion are a part of every detail, starting with the menu. The Payne Phelan neighborhood arose from Dakota people who lived here for hundreds of years and pioneering immigrant communities, Irish, Swedes, German, and Italians, who made the east side their home. More recently, waves of new residents from Asia, Latin America, and Africa continue the rich immigrant history and are revitalizing the community's cultural life and economy. Come experience Brunson's Pub at 956 Payne Avenue and grab a discounted gift card when you mention that you're an AM950 listener or a supporter of the Eastside Freedom Library. Be sure to check out Brunson'sPub.com. Visit the wine bar at Cafe Latte and enjoy a unique handcrafted pizza and glass of wine. The perfect place for an intimate night or an evening with friends. Choices range from spicy Italian sausage and sweet roasted peppers to the one-of-a-kind nacho chicken pizza layered with blue corn tortilla chips. The approachable wine list offers over 30 by the glass with special emphasis on wines from Washington State. End your night with one of Cafe Latte's melt-in-your-mouth desserts, 850 Grand Avenue, St. Paul. During November, the American Diabetes Association is highlighting the numbers that matter most for those living with or at risk of diabetes. If you're unaware of your risk, take the first step by taking the risk test. Get your blood glucose tested and have a conversation with your doctor. If you're living with diabetes, take the first steps for a healthy lifestyle that will make a huge difference. Count Me In is a call to action for all of us. For more information, be sure to visit diabetes.org.
Legal issues, never fun, and they're certainly stressful. While it's tempting just to Google your legal situation, there is a better way. The Hennepin County Bar Association. Their referral counselors can answer many of your questions, like do you even need an attorney? And if you do, what type? They can connect you to a network of over 200 thoroughly vetted, qualified attorneys practicing in over 50 areas of law. Call 612-752-6666 or search for Hennepin County Bar Association. The right call for the right lawyer. Writing a book is like diving into deep, uncharted waters. That's why you need immersion editing. I'm Angela Weekman of amwediting.com. After 20 years of experience, I believe editing should be meaningful and empowering. So let's get started with an immersion assessment. We'll immerse in a portion of your manuscript to determine your next steps. Visit amwediting.com for more details. Let's go deeper. Welcome back to Connections Radio Show, where we talk about ideas that matter. And today we're talking about writing books and editing books and encouraging people to go read a terrific book, The Dark Side of the Sun, by Michael Dardis. And today we have Michael Dardis, the author. Welcome, Michael. Thank you much, Lori. And his editor, Angela Weekman of AMW Editing. Yes. So we were talking about the process and how you got started in editing and working on this book in particular. In this segment, I'd really like to know or have you share more about what it means to edit. Because I think most people, when they hear editor, they think, oh, yeah, they go through and they make sure that the comma is in the right place and that the period is there and no misspellings. And that's what an editor does. But I'm wrong, aren't I? (laughs) Partially right, partially wrong. Let's Uh, go with that. Uh, I think, like you said, when most people think of editing, they think it's just the mechanics. Right. Um, And that is. That's the copy editing level. Um, It's absolutely needed. Every book needs that that polish. It needs to be clean, uh, unblemished. But But that comes more at the end, doesn't it? It does. There's a lot that happens before there. Mm -hmm. Um, There are technically three main levels of editing, and every book ideally needs all three. Um, Realistically, not every book gets all three. So uh, those that do, um, I think that's why we see books that are really great and books that are you know, maybe not so great. So, And does that depend on how the partnership is going as well? I think so. And I think, you know, to be frank, especially in independent publishing, self-publishing, when authors are, this is their investment. They are fronting this process themselves with their own capital. Um, budgets sometimes dictate that. That, you know, well, okay, maybe we do this level and we don't do that level. But um, with with Michael's book, we had the luxury of being able to go through all three levels. So what we started with was developmental editing. And that's where we're not looking down at the little minutia. We're looking at developing, shaping uh, the entire book as a whole. So as as Michael was saying, one of the first things we did was to look at how this prologue is opening. What function is this serving? Could we maybe split it so we have this bookend effect with a prologue and an epilogue and the story that needs to be shared that comes in between? And it does feel like you almost are sitting next to him by a lake having a cup of coffee throughout the whole book that that he is telling you this story that is the scene is set from the very beginning and maybe even having a little whiskey in that coffee. Oh, of course. (laughs) Just a little bit. A little bit of that Irish whiskey. (laughs) Of course. The morning, get the morning off to the Uh, right start. That's right. Uh, So, yes. So, we, developmental editing is a a close, deep read. And this is where it's my job to say, I'm not just barreling through this to say, oh, okay, this is kind of where it goes. I sort of see, oh, yep, yep, that's a nice little book. It's okay. What is what am I feeling as a reader and an editor as I'm going through this? Let me start my immersion process, my internalizing of the story, and then let me share what I found. You mm-hmm. know, what's working? Um, how is the flow? How is the arc? Are, Tell me more about arc. What do you mean by arc? Arc is basically where where does this story go? Where does it begin? And it might begin on one emotional level or it might begin in one place and then it moves in a good story, um, whether it's a book or a movie or just, uh, you know, your neighbor telling you about what happened to him yesterday. 
They have it has an arc that goes up and down, and then it plummets, and then next thing you know, it starts building and building. And there's many different types of arcs, and I and there are several arcs in this based on each oh, of yes. the sub stories. There, yes. There's an arc to that story. Yes, which is something that I felt when I read that there was a whole arc that the pieces were all pulled together. Yeah. But within each of those um, stories, yeah. and there are distinct stories yes. in this, Yes, they each had a complete sense of arcing and resolution. Yes. And, and resolution doesn't mean that it was over, but the arc was resolved. Exactly. And then our, our job then was how do we bring all these arcs together? And build them. Yes. So that the holistic arc is met. Yes. And yeah. so that's one of the things that right off the bat we can address with developmental editing. But it also then kind of, it, it really seamlessly uh, bleeds over into what the next level is, which is um, content editing. Some people call it substantive, the substance. And this would be everything but the kitchen sink. It really <laughs> is. Because you think, well, what you have to edit the content of a book. Well, uh-huh. isn't that everything in yeah. the book? You know, no, it, it's not. Again, we're not talking tiny little commas. We're not yeah. talking hyphens and 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 uh, um, capitalization, right spelling. There, there were portions of the book you took out, you know, that uh, there were actions, there were activities, there were dialogue, there were things that did not make the final cut. That well, was part of the editing as well. There were. I think, though, in... in, in All uh, characters, I think, survived, right? All the characters did, yes. Yes. <laughs> yes, yes. A few more came in, too. <laughs> I was just going to say, we added more. And I, I would, you know, throw this out to Michael that he will remember many a place where he would have little assignments within a chapter, because we work chapter by chapter, which is really the best way to do this type of deep, deep work with content editing. Just focus on one little chunk at a time. Um, and I'd say, okay, I want add here. I want some more. Show me what his expression was. Mm-hmm. Tell me more. So there was there was a lot of there was because you got the hint and guess, but you weren't there yes, completely. Yes, yes. So well, basically, you know, basically that was that was true. As being a storyteller, <clears throat> I tend to I have a tendency to do a lot of telling, uh-huh. <clears throat> and uh, it's still somewhat true. So to short that up, the you know, the, the put the show in. And it was very good. That was a, that was a, a learning experience, and I'm getting better and better at that. But uh, when I first started out, it was a lot of basically it was just a lot of telling, at least you know these one page paragraphs and things like that. And you wanted to encourage him to provide more of the landscape of yes. of so that someone else could enter into it and make up their own their mind about it, but at least have enough detail to be in that place. Yes, and it's especially key with dialogue. And mm-hmm. this is something that's universal across every manuscript that I've ever worked on. Um, it's very easy when you're drafting, you know, for the, the composing stage for an author. The dialogue scene ends up being almost like a tennis match. It's just lines back mm-hmm. and forth, more like a script. Well, that's not quite the level that we need by the time it gets to the reader. The reader needs to feel that there's a, that they're, A, that they're in a time and a place. Mm-hmm. So give me some details. They want context. Yes. Show me where they're sitting. Have him reach for his his whiskey. You know, things, little details mm-hmm. like that. But also. That allows you to sneak peek in. Yes. But also give me, what does he look like when he says that really big bombshell? You know, mm-hmm. or we can all think that there's certain words that we say and it means 10 different things if we give 10 <laughs> different uh, um, uh, expressions. And observations, with it. Yes, yeah. yes. So this, and after all that's done, then we can finally start to get into the copy editing, you know. And in our next segment, I want to finish up talking more about that finishing and the style sheet. Uh, I think it'd be interesting for our audience to learn about what is a style sheet and what, what does that give the author and how does that help the writing process. So stay with us. We'll be back uh, and we'll hear more about this wonderful book and the process that delivered it to us. So for more information on the book, go to michaeldartis.com. And for more information on editing, you can go to amwediting.com. And we'll be right back. I'm Peter Rackliff from the Eastside Freedom Library, and I'd like to tell you about an historic place on Payne Avenue, Brunson's Pub. 
Experience history and passion through the delicious menu, reflecting the East Side's diversity. The choices are limitless. Salads, sandwiches, burgers, and shareable plates. Visit Brunson's Pub at 956 Payne Avenue and grab a discounted gift card when you mention that you're an AM 950 listener or a supporter of the East Side Freedom Library. Be sure to check out Brunson'sPub.com. This is New Beginnings, hosted by award-winning broadcaster and speaker, Freddie Bell. Freddie, this generation of the baby boomers, people are living longer, so the baby boomers are taking care of elderly parents. Let's talk about your health, and specifically, let's talk about Medicare. Our show features the concerns of America's 78 million baby boomers in employment, finance, health and nutrition, and even entertainment. Join us for New Beginnings, Saturday mornings at 11, brought to you in part by Vision Loss Resources. Hello, my name is Michael Dardis. I want to share with you the excitement I'm receiving from the readers of my novel, The Dark Side of the Sun. It's a work of historical fiction covering 40 years of struggles by six families across parts of five continents. The novel has received many five-star reviews on Goodreads and Amazon. The Dark Side of the Sun can be purchased at michaeldardis.com, Amazon, or you can buy an autographed copy through itaskabooks.com. It's an outstanding holiday gift. This is Chad, owner of AM950. Our station has worked with Barbara from WYSIWYG Web Design for years on everything from logo to print design and especially for developing our website. She does great work and is great to work with, listening to what our goals and design ideas were while offering new, innovative ideas to create the website we are proud of today. Barbara made sure she understood our station, our goals, and our mission before she started working on our site and made suggestions to help control the cost. Plus, she's friendly, which set us at ease. I recommend Barbara at WYSIWYG Web Design because I know she will deliver an attractive, professional website within the budget you have. She is a local independent business that specializes in helping other local businesses achieve their website and design goals. She can work with nearly any budget and create anything from simple sites to robust custom functionality. To find out more about the company AM950 Trust, go to WYSIWYGWebDesign.com. Spelled out just like it sounds, WYSIWYGWebDesign.com. Writing a book is like diving into deep, uncharted waters. That's why you need immersion editing. I'm Angela Weekman of amwediting.com. After 20 years of experience, I believe editing should be meaningful and empowering. So let's get started with an immersion assessment. We'll immerse in a portion of your manuscript to determine your next steps. Visit amwediting.com for more details. Let's go deeper. With your AM950 weather, this is Eric Nelson. Today will be mostly cloudy with a high near 45. Tonight, rain's possible at 3 a.m. with a low around 36. Sunday, cloudy skies with a high near 38 and a low of 27. Monday will be partly sunny with a high of 39 and a low of 31. Eat local Minnesota.com's restaurant of the week is Hazel's Northeast, offering classically inspired, creatively prepared comfort food. This restaurant has scratch dishes rooted in over 50 years of family tradition. Check them out at the corner of 29th and Johnson in Northeast Minneapolis or see the full menu at eatlocalminnesota.com. Welcome back to Connections Radio Show. I'm Lori Fitz, your host. And today we've been exploring the process of writing and editing the partnership. And in particular, we're looking at The Dark Side of the Sun, a wonderful book written by Michael Dardis. And Angela Weekman of AMW Editing was the editor that was partnered in creating this book and bringing it to life. It's a historical fiction. And with that, there's an honor of history, but there's also a creative opportunity to explore what might have been. And uh, I think there were at least 80 characters. <laughs> More or less. Who's uh, and several storylines ranging over 40 years uh, that allows you a kind of a smorgasbord of realities that, that all do come together, though. And do create a holistic story uh, that's a whodunit, uh, as well as, uh, as you were saying earlier, Michael, a story about relationships and love and honor. Uh, Michael Dardis is the author of The Dark Side of the Sun, Angela Weekman, the editor from AMW Editing. In our last segment, we were going over what is editing. We we talked about creating the flow and the arc and developmental, doing the heavy-duty content editing. bit by bit, 
Mm-hmm. so that it has a meaningful opportunity. And we were just about to start talking about the copy editing, which most people think of. And I wanted to make sure that we had a chance to talk about a style sheet. What is that? Oh, yes. And this is even something where there's probably some editors saying, what's a style sheet? I'm uh, an editor and I should know this. This is this is something that, especially for me and, and looking at it from, you know, what does immersion mean? Um, it This is... A style sheet is a list of any sort of word or term, uh, a name, other proper nouns that someone... Another culture, another language. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> Say Germany. Uh, Germany. <laughs> Vietnam. In the 1940s. Yes, Vietnam, 1969. <laughs> Wherever the book takes us, uh-huh. there are words all over the place that it's my job to make sure... We have spelled it correctly. It is the right time and the right place if there's a battle listed for a certain year. Or an idiom in such a way that wouldn't have been used then. Oh, yes. Yes. Or even down to simple, just everyday English words like overboard. Is it overboard one word? Is it two words? Is it hyphenated? Well, Mm -hmm. there's kind of some black and white and and, and a lot of grays, but there's certain ways to do this. And And there's ways to break the rule, too. Absolutely. But you have to be very intentional. Yes. And what a style sheet is, is basically a blueprint of these are the words that I considered, that I made a decision on, that I then ran through with Michael to say, does this make sense for you too? And anyone else, we have a proofreader who comes, and the proofread is basically just a a last read to make sure that there are no little ninja errors that slip (laughs) through in in plain sight like they like like to do sometimes. Or a double word. Oh, yes, exactly. Uh, So... Um, the proofreader gets to see this style sheet and understand, oh, okay, I don't have to reinvent this wheel. Angie looked this up. This is what they want. Now I just have to make sure it's it's consistent. Right. So the copy editing finishing depends somewhat on the style sheet because yes. you want to make sure that you're not getting dinged for something that, no, this is intentional. Yes, yes. And and not bothered with and, and not spend a whole – but it – but it also is part of content, I would assume. Absolutely. Because it's honoring uh, and making sure the content is consistent and you're not just making things up. Absolutely. That, that it's based in, in a, a reality and a historical context. And that's very important to you, Michael. I think, you know, I look at, and using a nautical term, it's like the rudder on a sailboat. Mm-hmm. It allows me to maintain the course that I want to uh, want to maintain, an honest course. Uh, without that, I, I have no idea where my boat would go. So average, what would you say a style book is? And then I'd love to know style sheet is. I'd love to know. Michael's was probably a style book. Yes. (laughs) Yes. So a style sheet might run like 10 pages or so? Maybe. Yeah. And even I, I, I take my mantra is look it up even if you know it. Yeah. So, and you have to, because what we think we know and what we actually know are Could often very two different things. So how long was Michael's style Michael's sheet? was <laughs> 20 pages, oh. two columns. Wow. There were over 2,000 words on the style sheet alone. And, and part of that is because he has done a historical novel. Absolutely. And, it, and it's 40 years and it's yes. uh, many stories within one story. Yes. And I think in the hands of an editor who maybe was staying a bit more on the surface, maybe only dipping toes in rather than going deep, mm-hmm. you know, maybe, I, I don't even know if half of those words would have necessarily even been addressed. It, mm-hmm. A lot of people, sadly, will look at that, even editors, mm-hmm. and say, yeah, yeah, I think that's right. And that then move right. on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, he, he wrote it, so he must know. Yeah, he must know. <laughs> and a lot of those words, too, I may add, just <clears throat> even the word or two made all the difference in the story. There's one part, one word uh, where the one of the characters receives a, uh, a piece of chocolate from a guard, and he's on this, doing this job. And he looks at the bar, chocolate bar and realizes it's just all in German. And that basically tells him, Something that he didn't know and surprises him. And mm-hmm. as we had a we worked on that wording of that chocolate bar, huh. and it was a fairly elaborate wording. It wasn't yes. a Hershey's. <laughs> His comment was, "This doesn't taste like a Hershey's." There he looks yes. at the bar and he says, "Yeah, oh, uh-huh. 
In Enough. A, in German, we all know there are no short, little, simple words in German. Uh, and they have different capitalizing. They have different style. And so we had to sort of wrestle with that. And we couldn't just say, yeah, that looks, yeah, that's pretty good. We had to make sure that we could make that right. And if there is no such thing as a hard and fast right, we had to make it as right as we could possibly make it mm -hmm. for our purposes. And understand the shared context that was important. Yes, yes. The impact, too. I think you're looking at the term von, for example. A lot of these, a lot of the Germans we were in, and many of the Germans, by the way, were actual people. Uh, so they had actual names. They can be looked up and were researched in historical context. Mm -hmm. So we had to get that right. And uh, we had them interacting with each other in a different hierarchy. Mm -hmm. And it's different than uh, we would have in the States. Plus, even the socialization, the parties and whatnot, you know, I, I'm assuming that the parties that were, you know, crazy wonderful during <laughs> World yeah. War II, very different yes. than other get-togethers and how to, how to be able to p create that picture and have us enter into that. Yes. Especially when there was some stark um, contrapositions of oh, what yes. happened. Oh, yes. Even yeah. as I was, honestly, getting back to the style sheet, I was looking through the style sheet, and I could see some words on there that were like, oh, you know, these are words that we do not use mm -hmm. here in 2019 mm -hmm. anymore. Mm -hmm. uh, these are some, there's some culturally inappropriate and yeah. insensitive words, yeah. but we're talking about Nazi Germany, yeah. you know, and these, we, we had to, to, to take on a certain perspective for these particular characters. And not enforce our today's yes. culture on a yes. culture from, you know, there were times when I was reading it because my father was in World War II. I was like, this is like my dad. This is dialogue and dialect yeah. of my dad's era. Yes. And I could feel the shift. Yes, yes. And being aware of that, and I, I, my job is to make the book uh, be what it is meant to be rather mm -hmm. than what uh, somebody thinks it should be or what mm -hmm. it's supposed to be. And so you do. You have to go into this and say, what? how do we make this particular part work? And yes, part of that's content level and part of that is all right, is this word capitalized? Um, mm -hmm. you know, it, and, and to be able to bridge both sides uh, the, with the minutiae and the larger and to understand how sometimes the minutiae really does add up to the, the bigger picture with the content. And the reader may never know any of this. Oh, the, no. The, and, and ideally, the reader shouldn't. It should not stand out. Correct. It, it becomes just a, a way to keep funneling us towards on being immersed in the novel itself. Yes. And in general, I think editing is a job where I, I do the very best job and then I sort of disappear like a ghost. No mm -hmm. one's going to pick up this book and say, oh, my gosh, this was really well edited. They will say – Unless they know you <laughs> and they might go, oh, wait a minute. Yeah, uh, this is, I can see Angie in here. Yes. <laughs> Angie, this has kind of a flavor of how Angie yes. – yeah. Yes. Well, no, hopefully – Somebody reads it and says, uh, "Wow, this is really well written. Mm -hmm. This is this this becomes Michael in yes. every single way, and that's what and I'm that's here your for. Goal that is, is absolutely it, my goal is to be, have Michael's work be best realized yes. and his best potential uh, reached by by creating a book that really honors his vision. Yes, I think you know the, the collaboration process. I think that's when people have to realize when you look at any, pretty much any kind of a book." Mm -hmm. Uh, if it's a good book, you have to realize that a lot of work went into that from a lot of different directions. Mm -hmm. Editing, the manual, basically the cover, the mm -hmm. art, the structure, the paper, everything in there. Did you support that as well, that process? Little bits. I think Beaver's Pond, they do a fantastic job good. on all of those ends. Mm -hmm. I just yep. get to sit back and say, this is awesome. I'm loving it. <laughs> good. The artist's work uh, there yeah. was first. And I had them actually do some sketches for me of the characters. Because uh, I tend to write to pictures, so I have pictures of people. Then I had them do a sketch, mm -hmm. and because it helps visualize, I'm a visual person. I would be fun to have in the book. I'd love to see some of these characters. <laughs> yeah. I have them. I have them. I display them when I'm when I'm had uh, various. But oh, you shows. should think about having on the website. It'd be fun yes. to go and look at they're those. Characters. They're fantastic. Oh, they are. Okay, some, I'll, are, some I, are on there right now. Yeah. Okay, I'll have to go check. They pop up every once in a while, at least on one of the websites. I've got uh -huh. two or three, so. So the process that allowed you to do this immersion, tell me what are the things that you think are critical for a positive experience and immersion? 
immersion, I always like to say my little kind of tagline is immersing in the manuscript, which of course you expect your editor to do, needs to do. That's the, that's my mm-hmm. job. Um, but it's also, and more importantly, immersing in a connection with the author. There is a person on the other side of that manuscript. And I have to read the manuscript and know the manuscript, but I also have to read and know the author. I have to know Mike. I have the to, relationship. Uh, the journey. relationship, and yeah. <laughs> part of it is understanding what are his what are his intentions. What mm-hmm. are sometimes I'll talk to authors and they'll describe one book and then I'll read it and say, oh, you know what they have on the page is different. different so now we need to do some work to figure out which is is what the author wants really happening on this page and if not or is that an intentional diversion of correct. something right yeah and, and, and be able to decipher that sounds a little bit yes. like hieroglyphics too oh it's it's <laughs> translation it's uh, a little bit of i think it's it's a like counseling i really do i i i i feel like it's a um, a partnership that goes deep. And it needs trust. That's the only way this works. And mm-hmm. trust takes time to build and to earn. Um, like I said, I can't just waltz in and expect somebody uh, to just listen to every single recommendation I have. I, I have to build up. I have to build some rapport with that person. I have to build trust. And then after that, maybe then we can get into a point where we're really collaborating and and we're influencing and taking this manuscript to the next level. Well, in our next segment, we'll talk about how you can do that for others as well. I believe there's a story in each of us, um, hungry to come out, uh, and to make it successful. How can a partner and an editor make that story best realized? We'll talk about that in our next segment, so stay with us. You're listening to AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. You're on Connections Radio Show. And to get more information on this amazing book, The Dark Side of the Sun, go to michaeldartis.com. And to learn more about editing, you can go to AMW Editing. Hello, my name is Michael Dardis. I want to share with you the excitement I'm receiving from the readers of my novel, The Dark Side of the Sun. It's been described as an action-packed crossword puzzle that eventually comes together, revealing a real mystery that could have changed the course of World War II. The novel is a work of historical fiction covering 40 years of struggles by six families across parts of five continents. They are ordinary people in extraordinary times. It is about relationships. They make difficult decisions to survive and maintain their love for each other and their country. You can follow the continuing story at michaeldartis.com. The novels received many five-star reviews from Goodreads and Amazon. The Dark Side of the Sun can be purchased at michaeldartis.com, Amazon, and you can buy an autographed copy through itaskabooks.com. It is an outstanding holiday gift. Don't wait. Get Black Friday appliance savings now from Warner Stellion. Choose from select top-rated Bosch dishwashers. Buy at the guaranteed Black Friday price, then save more with free installation from our trusted specialists. Save hundreds on heavy-duty laundry pairs and French door refrigerators. Then save more with Warner Stellion's trusted fast free delivery, basic installation, haul away, and 18 months interest-free financing. Black Friday appliance savings before Thanksgiving from the specialist, Minnesota's own Warner Stellion. For a stress-free Happy Thanksgiving, the Park Tavern is your family's new tradition. Come enjoy the feast. Roast turkey with homemade sausage stuffing, glazed ham, whipped potatoes, sweet potatoes, green bean casserole, mac and cheese salads, and the delicious desserts. No cooking or cleaning, just enjoy. And don't forget the hour of free bowling. Seatings are from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. Adults $22.95, seniors $14.95, kids 6 to 11, $10.95, and 5 and under are free. You'll need reservations, so go to parktavern.net. This Thanksgiving, the 28th, be thankful for the Park Tavern in St. Louis Park. Twin Cities Ballet is proudly celebrating 10 years of a Minnesota Nutcracker at Ames Center in Burnsville, December 13th through the 15th. Twin Cities Ballet presents this beloved holiday classic with a Minnesota twist and is one of the most attended, must-see holiday events in the Twin Cities. Twin Cities Ballet's A Minnesota Nutcracker will provide delightful entertainment for your whole family. Tickets on sale now at TwinCitiesBallet.org. TwinCitiesBallet.org. 
During November, the American Diabetes Association is highlighting the numbers that matter most for those living with or at risk of diabetes. If you're unaware of your risk, take the first step by taking the risk test. Get your blood glucose tested and have a conversation with your doctor. If you're living with diabetes, take the first steps for a healthy lifestyle that will make a huge difference. Count Me In is a call to action for all of us. For more information, be sure to visit diabetes.org. Welcome back to Connections Radio Show. I'm your host, Lori Fitz, and today we've been talking about the dark side of the sun, and we've been looking at it through the eyes of the author, Michael Dardis, as well as through the eyes of the editor, Angela Weekman. Welcome. We're glad you're here, both of you. Oh, thank you. Been a fun conversation to really do a deeper dive into the process of creation and the role that the editor plays. And in this last segment, I want folks to be thinking about their own story. Uh, I think it's important. There's a wonderful quote that I adore of Maya Angelou. There is no greater agony than bearing an untold story inside you. We all have that untold story that whether it needs to come out through storytelling with a friend or opening up to someone who you need to tell that story to or be able to tell the world that story. But we don't always know how to do it, and we may be intimidated, or we may not think that we're good enough to be an author. Um, so there's a process that I know that's important for us to be thinking about in, in in order to share that story. One of the questions that I had for you, Angela, is when is the right time to bring in an editor when you have the story? Is it when you have the idea, or should you have a little bit on paper first? As a rule of thumb, the best way to say it is take your story, your idea, as far as you can take it. And then when you feel like I, this, I, there's a wall here and I can't get through it on my own, that's the time to bring in an editor. So for any person, that might be a different time. Uh, for some people, they might be at the very beginning stages where there's just little glimpses of ideas. There's little things written on napkins. And, mm -hmm. you know, maybe there's a, a three-ring binder that's covered in dust that's been sitting there for 20 years. And they need some help moving forward. That's maybe not editing as much as some coaching. Yeah. But it's and do you do both? Absolutely. It's the same process. And, mm -hmm. and again, it all comes back to that connection and that relationship. Um, so someone wanted to like blue sky with you and go, here's the story that's inside me. Yes. Do you think it's a story that I should be pursuing and this is sort of where I'm going with it? You could give feedback that's both yes. cool or that's kind of common. There's something probably more unique that, yes. that you have to say, and let's explore what that might be. Yes, to, to again, go deeper with yeah. that. And my job is to ultimately empower people. You know, I'm not here as a gatekeeper. Um, some people will ask me, oh, can my is my book good enough to get published? Right. I, that's not, honestly, my first and f biggest concern. It's if you want to get your story out, Whichever way you do it, if you're going to go for a traditional publisher, try for an agent, if you're going to do self-publishing like what Michael did, which I'm I'm a huge fan of, or if you just want to put something together that you know maybe you're going to go to Kinkos. And maybe you're going you to share it with your family. Absolutely. Maybe this is a book that you're going to get bound because it, it yes. shares your family history that you want the next generation to know. This is what it's all about. And mm -hmm. I'm not here to, uh, like I said, close gates and close doors. Everyone has a story. Everyone deserves to get their story out there. And everyone deserves a partner in that process. That treats you as a professional. Yes, as a professional and as a, as a, as a person. Mm -hmm. You know, someone who's going to, I think a lot of it comes down to servant leadership. Mm -hmm. Which you know, so many people have a hard time. Well, are my am I a servant or am I a leader? Which one? No, no, no. <laughs> You're both. You're both. Yeah. And really, the emphasis is on serving. You know, mm -hmm. the 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 measure of servant leadership is how much did the person that you are serving leading? How much did that person grow? Mm -hmm. And like I told Michael too, just from the beginning, if you don't learn something from this editing process, I didn't do my job right. The manuscript could be in beautiful shape, but if you didn't learn and grow. As a writer with your craft, then you miss what you're calling. Then, yeah, I, yeah. I missed, I missed the mark. So, so what did you learn, Michael? What did you feel like that you gained from this experience? Well, I learned basically looking at <clears throat> the word choices, looking at the concept, looking at the thought process that was applied. 
from the editor's standpoint, um, I could feel uh, an improvement almost all the way through the process. You know, from when I first started, towards the end, we were looking at moving paragraphs, moving sections around, and we could just look at that and decide, yeah, that made a great deal of sense. I mean, it was a matter of understanding the process, understanding the thought process that went into that. <clears throat> and it's a help. I mean, it's, uh, it tells a better story. That's the key thing. The story was better, uh, and it did not disrupt the the truth or the story we were trying to tell. Yeah, I you know the picture that you get in like at least the media is that there's always a conflict with the editor and yes. there's always a fight going on with the editor and my editor yes. wanted this and my editor yes. wanted that and it, it it's portrayed as conflict management yes. versus a learning process. Yes. Yeah. yes. And I think that's something that going back to that idea of whispering, you know, with with a horse whisperer as you know, some horses have been mistreated. Yep. And they see you coming, and they think, this person's going to do to me what that other person did to me. Mm -hmm. You have to deconstruct that fear. First, you have to understand it, that mm -hmm. even know that it's there. Mm -hmm. Then you deconstruct it. Then you start building something new and better and positive in that its That allows place. their power to come through. Absolutely. Yeah. And so, yes, I have to deconstruct this idea of this angry editor with a red pen uh, somebody, that just, that, that, that's not really caring. They're just trying to, you know, make sure that it fits a mold that will yes, work. Yes, yes. And, and it doesn't sound like you care about the mold as much as you care about the voice. Absolutely. Being I, able to be shared in a way that's best understood. Yes. And in fact, there's been a lot of projects where um, I, I'm helping somebody actually break out of the mold that they thought they had to put the book in. And mm -hmm. when I come in with my suggestions, you can just see this look of relief leaf on their face like, oh, good, that's actually how I had it the first time, but then someone somewhere told me agents don't like this or right. I'm or, not. Or they just, or they read a book that tells them this is the yep. formula yep. and just plug in the formula. Yes. Yeah. yeah. You know, and no, there's, there's no place for formula. This is about, like I said, every person has their story and we, we don't have formulas. We have stories. Well, what I want to make sure the audience knows is that next week we'll be continuing this conversation mm -hmm. and that we'll have a chance to go a little deeper about editing and understanding the process in ways that allow us to find meaning. Uh, that, that that ultimately is the goal of what is the meaning of the book, what is the meaning of of writing the book and, and that part of discovery. Absolutely. Michael, you're about to say something. Well, I'm going to say that, you know, I look at that story even now, <clears throat> I realize that it's, you know, two or three years down the road since that book was, was written. Uh, it's still, it's still, a, it really tells a story to me. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's funny, you look at something like that and it really doesn't have any age to it. Yes. Yeah. Well, we'll also in our next week talk a little bit about the process you're going on, that's going on right now in the se in the sequel, in yeah. the second part of the series. Yeah. So I want to make sure before this show's over that I encourage you one more time to go looking for a great holiday present uh, that I know will be a winner. It's The Dark Side of the Sun, uh, written by Michael Dardis. And tell us where is the best place to get the Michael Dardis Dark Side of the Sun? Well, you can Amazon.com uh, or at TaskaBooks.com. And the Tasca books will have autographed copies for you. Tremendous. And to find this wonderful editor online, go to amwediting.com. It's Angela Weekman. She's amazing. And we'll learn more about the process next week. So stay with us for next week, too. 